You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap for this week's WGC Workday. And joining me to break it all down, it's Greg Dushan. What up, Greg? This is going to be quite a weekend, Rick. I mean, what what a first two days we've had. This is fascinating. Can't wait to to chop it up with you. Yeah, we've got uh, big names at the top. We got big names at the bottom. We got big names making a charge. There, it's it's everything, uh, and it's big beefy Bryson who goes out and shoots the course record. And it's it should be no surprise, Greg, because he has summited Mount Paramount. That's exactly exactly right. You've probably seen the journey to Mount Paramount spots featuring beefy Bryson himself, and that is because Paramount Plus is live sports. It's breaking news and a mountain of entertainment. You can go straight from game day to movie night with Paramount Plus. Stream iconic movies like The Godfather, Indiana Jones, and Mission Impossible, and new episodes of critically acclaimed original series like Star Trek Picard, The Good Fight, and The Stand. And get this, it's where you can dive into live sports from us. There's it. There's big beefy Bryson summiting that Paramount Plus, uh, that Paramount Mount Paramount, and including NFL, March Madness, the Masters, Champions League soccer, and hit shows from CBS, MTV, Nickelodeon, BET, Smithsonian, and Comedy Central. It's live sports, it's breaking news, and a mountain of entertainment. It's Paramount Plus streaming March 4th. The guy on top of the summit through two rounds, Greg, is Brooks Kepka. It's a six under 66 on Friday, and uh, he looks good, man. He's got that swag about him. He's got that look about him. I'm getting a little bit nervous. Yeah, um, just like, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely Brooks makes you nervous. There's a couple of things I find interesting about this board in general, aside from just Brooks. Kepka, it, leader of the pack here, but you look at this board, and all I see is guys that know how to win. Spa- uh, they're, they're just sprinkled throughout this board. These, these are what I call the anti-stats guys, right? You got Patrick Reed in the mix. You got Webb Simpson in the mix. You got Colin Morikawa in the mix, and, and Brooks Kepka. I guess Patrick Reed kind of, kind of uh, stumbled a little bit, but these are guys that are anti-stat guys. Patrick Reed's tied eighth. He's only three shots back. These are the guys where the stats don't matter. And this is why this is going to be such an interesting weekend because I still don't know what is the key. What's the key here? And Brooks just knows how to get it done. The ultimate big game hunter. Here's another WGC and, uh, and he's right in the mix. He certainly is. And, you know, we talk a lot about WGCs. We talk a lot about major championships. If if this is the Brooks we're going to get leading into major season, I mean, we're just a handful of a weeks away from the Masters. Should we be taking a good hard look at maybe his Masters odds, which our friends over at William Hill currently have met 12 to 1, Greg? Yeah, you should be. Because, look, this the performance he had at Waste Management, I know it's only one. But he's now backing it up with this performance here so far. This has proven to me that last year was the injury was it, it really was a factor. And look, th- this was hard to kind of talk about last year because of the way Brooks talked about it. He was very inconsistent with it. It's a big deal. It's not a big deal. I'm just playing bad. It's a bigger deal than we thought it was. The pain's excruciating. It's one of the worst pains I've ever had. Like, like he was kind of <laughs> all over the board with it. So we yeah. didn't know what to believe. But what's happened now is you're starting to see the results talk and the results now are starting to say 
that Brooks was struggling with an injury. Um, and, and that's really what I believe. So I think a healthy Brooks Kepka is showing his true colors again. And he's showing that this was not a three year, um, Padre Carrington type hot streak in major championships where you're going to win three majors in two years. It, it wasn't that this is a, this is a real thing. This guy's a real competitor out here. He's third in the field in strokes gained T to green through two rounds. He's gaining in every single category. He's rolling a hot putter right now. Things are very good if you are Brooks Kepka, And things are very good if you are either Bryson DeChambeau or Colin Morikawa, Gray, because not, not one course record on Friday. Two of them. Both of them shot a 64. Let's start with Bryson, who makes the big move up the leaderboard because he opened with a 77, so he moves up 44 spots as we record this. There's like one guy, two guys still playing. Um, he's T20, so that is basically where Bryson is going to enter the weekend, uh, trying to put it all together, trying to figure it all out, and trying to get moving on moving day. For the week, Bryson DeChambeau is losing strokes off the tee. That's for the week. Insane. It's insane. It, it, it's really hard for that to happen. That's how you shoot 77 if you're Bryson, right? So what I find really interesting about this tournament, and this relates to Bryson, but I was looking earlier at the, uh, at the stat center, I call it, right? And I'm looking at the guys off the tee. Who are the guys that are leading the way off the tee this week? And it was like, it, it, Billy Horschel's now fourth. Sergio Garcia's <laughs> third, Jason. But basically, you had a bunch of shorter hitters. Webb Simpson was right up there earlier in the day today. And it was not the Brook, uh, it was not the Brooks Kepkas and the Bryson DeChambeaus. It was some shorter hitters. So it just tells you that there's some penalty areas out there, probably in play more so than I thought heading into the week which is really interesting. But if Bryson can keep himself out of penalty shots, if he can keep himself out of um, the big number, then all of a sudden you're going to see him do this. This is the kind of round you're going to see out of him. So unfortunately, he got himself way back uh, with the 77 yesterday, which is quite obvious. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, is he right back in this tournament? He's eight back, two rounds to go. It's a little ways to go, but it, I mean... <sighs> He's clearly got some firepower. Yeah, he's going to have to shoot something real low, but I mean, he could certainly backdoor top 10 this um, and, and do better. I mean, yeah. right? I mean, the firepower yeah. the firepower is there. He made nine birdies. made nine birdies on Friday. He had one bogey on the card. It's Colin Morikawa who uh, not only tied that course record or, or broke the new course record, I guess, with Bryson DeChambeau, 64 on Friday, but now he's just one off the pace. And this is the Morikawa we want. You know, he leads the field in strokes gained approach. He leads the field in strokes gained tee to green. And he is the smallest of positive putters coming off of a week where he lost like seven and a half strokes putting last week, six of which came on Sunday. It, it, we say this all the time, Greg. And here we are again on a Friday night. If Colin Morikawa is a zero putter, he wins a lot of golf tournaments. He's one of the guys on this board that I mentioned earlier who's a winner, right? He knows how to, when he gets in contention, he knows how to seal the deal. And in large part, he gives himself a ton of opportunities. Now, um, the putting grip change, we talked about this on Monday, I think, Rick. We talked yep. about the concerns of the putting grip change. Now, it is less of a concern after a, a day where he gains, right? He gained 1.2 strokes today. So it's less of a concern now. Maybe that's recency bias. I don't know. But I'll say this. Guys who struggle with putting, who go to the claw, as as Colin Morikawa has, has done, it seems to be a great move. I mean, it turned Justin Rose from a bad putter to a great putter. Um, it, it changed Phil Mickelson from an extremely streaky putter 
especially from short range, to a much more consistent putter from short range. It won Sergio Garcia a Masters. So Mm -hmm. the claw can be a great workaround for somebody who struggles with the putter. So that's what I'm watching this week. How does Colin Morikawa putt? Because this is just what, this is now who he is. (laughs) He is both days, he's second in the field, strokes gained approach the green totals for the week. Now he's first. He, he leads the way. So, um, and, and T to green, he leads the way. The short game is, is behaving for him. So I think Colin Morikawa is a real threat, especially if he puts the way that he did today. Yeah, he's basically going to be the best player in the field uh, on approach or ball striking, however you want to split it up. And it's really just going to come down to to what the short game does to, to see where he's going to finish. Cameron Smith, uh, refuses to go away. Th- this guy really has shown me something over the course of the last, I-, I mean, you could probably go back to the president's cup, right? I mean, the kind of the coming out party for a lot of these international players, whether it was Abraham answer, Cam Smith, Sung played great over there. It- it- now with three top five finishes already this season in listen to these fields. So he finishes fourth at the Zozo fourth at Riviera. And then, Oh, by the way, just a little runner up finish at Augusta national. I mean, he doesn't back down. Doesn't matter what course does doesn't matter the field. He's finding a way to put himself in contention. Yeah. And again, where Colin Morikawa, we know where he makes his hay, right? You know, okay. He, Colin Morikawa approach game, Bryson DeChambeau driving. Uh, there, there are guys where you, Jordan Spieth putting, right? There are guys where you know exactly where, or maybe there's two areas where their strength really lies. But with Cameron Smith, it seems to be whatever the flavor of the day is. Today, he was great with his irons, uh, his, and his, his short game was pretty good as well. Um, and the putting was just so-so, whereas yesterday, the putting was great. Uh, around the green was just so-so. Irons just so-so. He was just kind of so-so everywhere, but had a great putting round. Today, hits it a little bit better. So he can, it's kind of whatever the flavor of the day is. And it's just a sign that the guy just knows how to score, knows how to get the ball in the hole, which is kind of a, from a handicapping perspective, it's a, it's a, can be a scary thing. You don't know exactly what you're hanging your hat on yet. Um, he's another guy that I, I don't know where he is yet with, with winning. I know he won the Sony open. I know he's contended in major fields, but where we, we just don't have that information yet. You know, where Tony Fino is with winning, you know, how hard it is for him. You know, how hard it's been lately for Xander, you know, how easy it comes to Brooks Kepka and Colin Morikawa and some of these other Justin Tom, great closers with cam. We don't know. It doesn't feel like he's been there and should have won a tournament yet. You don't get, you know what I mean, Rick? It, it's like, he doesn't. Yeah, have I mean, even the, the Sony yet. win, if I remember, was pretty sloppy. I mean, it's from everybody. Like, his conditions oh, were weird. Yeah. You know, Brendan Steele kind of punted it away a little bit. Ryan Palmer was there until he, he like, so I, I don't remember thinking at Sony, like, he should win, if that makes sense. It's just right. like, he's in the when mix. The, Can- when the dust settled, he was the one on top. Right. So I don't know. And that's not a knock against him. We just of course haven't not. really seen that yet. So I'm very interested to see how he performs this weekend because now he's kind of in a position where maybe maybe by tomorrow night you might be saying Cam Smith should win this tournament and and we'll get a better idea. We're not there yet, but he's uh, he's really impressive, Rick. He he really and. To say you are the guy who is just at the top when the dust settles, let me be clear, that is not a... I mean, Brooks Kepka did that a couple of weeks ago, right? Like, everyone just kind of fell Nichols down around. Jack made a career out of it. Yeah, like, it, that's how you win golf tournaments sometimes. Uh, this one hurts a little bit. 
Victor Hovland. So, so those, those course records that I mentioned, those were 64s, eight under par. Victor Hovland gets to his final hole, which was nine on Friday at seven under. I'm holding an outright ticket. I'm loving my situation. He proceeds to make a quadruple bogey eight uh, that I believe was – so he hits his second shot out of the bunker over the green into the trees, takes an unplayable, hits it back over the green, gets a terrible lie up against the lip of the bunker, hits it out of that bunker back into the trees. I think he took another unplayable, left one uh, at his feet because he couldn't get it up on the green. Finally gets one on the green and just your routine one putt quadruple bogey, Greg. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny how that works. And you know, I, I just, I can't, I think so highly of this guy. First of all, a bogey free 69 with what was it? Seven birdies, uh, seven birdies and a quad first, first player in WGC history, according to Justin Ray to have seven birdies, zero bogeys and a quad. Yeah, I can imagine that's hard to, <laughs> right. it's hard to do, but it does. So one, the interview afterwards that he gave was great. He's just mm-hmm. such a class act. I mean, it makes me a, a bigger fan. And I knew he would behave this way. But it just makes me even a bigger fan of, of Victor Hovland. Because these things can, they can happen. And it doesn't speak to his ability. This just, it's just not fun. And I'm, I'm sorry for him. But I love the way he handled it. But it does present a very interesting situation going into the weekend you think of a guy like a like a tony fina who's sitting right now and tied fifth where is he going to be coming down the stretch what's going to happen when somebody has the lead on sunday afternoon and you know this kind of number is out there i mean yesterday there were 34 double bogeys and i think there were nine others Mm. yesterday Today, the number went way down. It went significantly down with, with less wind. But um, a big number golf course opposite of what we had last week at Riviera. This is the kind of thing that can happen. It makes for a dramatic finish. Uh, certainly lots of big numbers lurking out there. Uh, let's look towards the weekend. We've got 36 holes to go. Brooks Kepka, of course, your betting favorite over at William Hill. He's two and a half to one plus 250 with a one shot lead with three guys, one back. Three more guys, two back, and 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 plenty of movement on the board. Colin Morikawa is six and a half to one. Uh, Tony Finau is seven and a half. Webb Simpson is eight, and Cam Smith is nine. Those are the single digit guys. Greg, let's start there. Um, this is this is really hard, just because of who these guys are. Like I talked about it already. You, you, like these guys are. They're killers. They're big game hunters. All mm-hmm. of them. Every single one of them. Like Brooks Kepka, I trust on it. You put him within three shots of the lead going into the weekend. And if it's like if Brooks is playing well, he just knows how to win. And I, I trust him. But I feel the same way about Colin Morikawa. I feel the same way about Webb Simpson. Not quite sure yet with Cameron Smith, but I, I don't feel like he's a no. I, I feel like he could do it. And then when we get into the double digits, I think it gets even more interesting. So um, I guess... I guess my lean would have to be Brooks. I I think it's going to be hard to take this thing away from him. I I have a feeling this is Brooks. It's slight odds. It's not great. It's not a sexy number, but I mean, he's probably going to win. My heart says Brooks uh, because when you put Brooks near the lead, he's going to find a way. 
but right. on, like, but my head says, what does find a way mean? Right. Like there's not a data, there's not data that says find a way. So, so I mean, you look at Morikawa at seven. So Morikawa uh, agreed a closer, what three victories already on the PGA tour, including a, a major championship leads the yeah. field in strokes, gain T to green leads in approach leads in ball striking, which is approach plus off the tee. I mean that those are the metrics that you want. He says zero putter. Could you, I mean, if he, if he gains a half a stroke putting over the next two rounds, he might win this golf tournament. Like, like that's all it's going to take for him to figure out a way to fi- to, to win this golf tournament. As you would say, Rick, there's a clear <laughs> pathway. There is. There's a very clear pathway for uh, Colin Morikawa to win. The only thing that's in the way is Brooks Kepka, and that's a big yeah. <laughs> obstacle in the way. So I love. I mean, you 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 can't talk me off of Colin Morikawa and win. Like you say, Morikawa is going to win. The data says Morikawa is going to win. I yeah. I mean. I'm all about, I love the guy. He's playing great. He's swinging great. And I like the claw element. I wasn't so, uh, now that I've seen it work for him, I, that can be a big spark of confidence and he could have a great putting weekend. He really could. I like, I just, I don't know what Brooks is going to do. Okay. So that's, that's where I kind of, Brooks is at 11. So Brooks is at 11 under, there are only seven guys within two. There are nine guys within three. I mean, how far back we have two rounds to go. Of course, that's that's given up a couple of uh, 64s on Friday. How far back is too far back, Greg? Um, well, again, it, this is more bunched, right? If if it were just Brooks and he was, yeah. and, and the lead was not bunched. I mean, he's, if you're a seven under guy, if you take Brooks out, I, I like to do this, take the leader out. Say, let's say leaderboard gravity gets the guy in first. You still have three guys at 10 under and you got, three more at nine under. So like the seven unders are four back. It's pretty close to a real four back and it's Brooks Kepka. So the guys that are at five under, they're really like Rory. Who's at five under he's six shots back of Brooks Kepka. And then there's still a host of players in front of them. So I, I mean, I, I think this probably, I, I would say no, like Bryson, I don't think has a chance Matt, even with two great rounds, which would mean three great rounds in a row. I think Rory has a slim chance. I, I wouldn't really go outside of the top 10 at this point. Mm. It, it's just you have Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy at five under. So are you going yeah, to say the, no to those guys? <laughs> the sevens. The sevens are, that would be your top 10. Uh, and yeah, I agree right. that it is, it's more about it's more about how many guys you have to pass instead of how many shots you have to come back from. Because it's not like 10 guys ahead of you are all going to, be worse than field average on on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, while while you're talking, dude, Justin Thomas. The fact that Justin Thomas is t thirteen right now. He played his first six holes on Thursday at one, two, three, four over par. Uh, for him to now be five under a round and a half later, like stri- like tip my cap, golf clap, Justin Thomas. Especially with all he's got going on emotionally. I mean, with with his grandfather passing and Tiger and that entire situation, how much that means to him and the situation in Hawaii, which is still, you know, I'm sure it's still on the forefront of his mind. There's a lot going on in his life off the golf course right now. So for me, with Justin Thomas, I was a I was kind of giving him this week, fading him this week. Um, just because there's so much going on and it, it was hard for me to, tr- but I'm impressed. I'm really impressed that I'd love to see him go shoot eight under tomorrow and have a Morikawa, Justin Thomas battle for the best iron player on tour. I'd love to see that battle. I just, I, I think it's like you said, Rick, there's, it's how many guys. And then the next layer to that is who those guys are. 
and there's so many closers in that top 10, I think it's hard to go down to a, a Rory and a, and a JT. Um, I agree with you. Also, really quick, because I'm, I'm over time here. Friend of the pod, Brandon Wu, has the 36-hole lead in Puerto Rico. Uh, go! I, I tweeted this out uh, a little bit ago. He, he gave us an interview in May and was awesome, and you should go back and listen to it, and he's trying to he's trying to win in Puerto Rico, which great. That'd be awesome. Have a friend of the pod. Win on the, oh, win, yeah, win on absolutely. The it's likely, I would say, at this point. Oh boy! All right, there's the there's the Ducharm jinx on a Friday night. <laughs> uh, I don't right. think it's a jinx. I, listen, he's playing great. He's playing great. We'll see. Maybe we don't want him to win in Puerto Rico, right? We still don't know what the what the powers of this thing are. Maybe we just want him to finish second. I, I think the curse is lifted. <laughs> okay, Victor Hovland. There may be a separate cur- there. There may be a separate curse, the uh, Finau curse. But it, it, I don't, I don't blame it to Puerto Rico anymore. All right, then then Brandon Wood can go out and win that golf tournament. I'd have to absolutely yeah. love to see it. That'll do it. Round two recap. Obviously, be back after round three and round four. That's Greg Ducharme, who you can follow on Twitter at the Real GFD. You can follow me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time.